Mind talks. Mind talks. Mind talks. Mind talks. Mind talks. Mind mind talks. 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 Welcome to Mind Talks, where our minds connect. I'm your host, Joel. Stay tuned until the end of the episode and find out how you can be a part of next month's Mind Talks. All right, and welcome back to another installment of Mind Talks, baby. This is the fifth one of the year, and I'm going to be honest, I'm a little nervous with this one. This one is going to be unlike any other Mind Talks we've talked about before. So bear with me and uh, enjoy the ride because it's going to be a doozy of a ride. So real quick, we're just going to go ahead and shout out our participants. I want to shout out everyone that has participated on Joel's Mind official Instagram page. If you want to be a part of Mind Talks, if you want to interact with Joel, if you want to reach out and get a response, Instagram is definitely the place to do that. Um, with Mind Talks, every month we I reach out, I gather as much as information as I can from you guys, the listeners, the viewers, the supporters, um, and get a suggestion of Mind Talks. And this month, West Coast Mendez had suggested that we talk about government pitting drugs on the streets, which led to a poll that people that follow Joel's Mind official voted for and government pitting drugs on the street was the number one topic suggestion that we that everyone chose. So that's what we're talking about. Um, typically, I have a lot more people chiming in, uh, but this time, because of the suggestion, we narrowed it down, I narrowed it down to one item that we're gonna talk about with one person's two cents on this topic of government putting drugs on the street. Shout out to my boy, High Tone 206. I know you're listening. Thank you for supporting and giving me this, this wonderful two cents, the most valuable two cents I probably received. And uh, we're going to run with it. So today we are talking about CIA, crack in America. All right, so shout out my boy, High Tone 206 for uh, hooking me up with a CIA Contras Gangs and Crack article. Um, honestly, when I got this first suggestion um, and it was voted, I had a hunch of what I wanted to talk about and High Tone came in with some articles, some proof, and, uh, and ended up gonna lead to what we we're talking about today. So with that, without further ado, Let's talk about crack in America, people. All right. Real quick before, <laughs> I'm going to keep you on your edge. you see all, all, all episode. Before I jump into this, this information that is out there, um, it's on the internet. I in no way whatsoever claiming um, anything that is true or false, I guess. You know, everything is my opinion uh, and everything I found on the internet. So uh, if CIA is listening... Um, this is just my opinion, no way, shape, or form. I am claiming anything but my opinion and practicing my First Amendment. So uh, with that, don't execute me. Do not crucify me. I'm just a podcaster trying to make it in the world and bringing content 
to the people that tune in to Joe's Mind. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk Cracking America. So we're going to start with San Jose Mercury News, Dark Alliance. Now, Gary Webb is a journalist that worked for the San Jose Mercury News. And he is the one that published a three-day series article called Dark Alliance. Now, this series links the CIA, the actual CIA, to providing crack in South Central LA. And it links this trail of cocaine to the real Ricky Ross and the LA gangs. Now, not to get confused with the Miami rapper Rick Ross. Oh, that Ross. We're not talking about him today. Um, just for the record, he has a very, very similar story and persona as Ricky Ross. You know, so just so food for that. But, anyways, let's jump right into it. So, how is the CIA involved with the crack e epidemic? during the 1980s and the 1990s in South Central LA? Good question, people. Thank you for asking. The infamous Free Ray Ricky Ross was a drug dealer in South Central LA. It was reported that Ricky Ross was selling $3 million worth of cocaine a day. $3 million worth of cocaine a day, people. Back in the 90s and 80s. 80s and 90s. Alright. That's a lot of fucking money. So. In an interview. With Fat Joe. That he recently did on Instagram Live. Ricky Ross describes himself. As someone that wanted to be a square. Growing up. He wanted to be a tennis player. He didn't want to be this drug dealer. He wanted to be a tennis player. But the environment that he grew up in. Had more opportunity and being a drug dealer than being a tennis player. Now, how does a wannabe tennis player end up selling $3 million worth of cocaine a day? Allow me to introduce you to Oscar Daniel Blondin. Oscar Daniel Blondin allegedly had connections to the Nicaragua cartel boss. Norwin Manessis, 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 Manessis. I'm gonna go with Manessis, who was able to provide cocaine at a low wholesale wholesale price. Now, back in Ricky Ross's day, an ounce of cocaine was worth three thousand dollars on the streets. But with his connection, Blondin, he was receiving an ounce of cocaine at $1,300. That's about half the price of an ounce of an ounce of cocaine on the streets. Instead of paying 3,000, he's paying 1,300. So he's getting a huge cut in the price and it's coming straight from Central America. Now, what does this have to do with US and the CIA? Good question. So, during the Cold War, roughly around 1947 to 1991, 
The U.S. tried to contain and lessen the spread of communism. Counter-revolutionaries, revolutionaries, also known as Contras, were rebels fighting against Sandinistas in Nicaragua, who were backed by the Soviet Union, which were influenced by communism. The U.S. goal was to stop the spread of communism and stop Sandinistas. This explains why this explains why the CIA was in Central America during this time period. But it goes deeper than that. It was known that the U.S. was providing arms, planes, and recruiting, and essentially running the operation of the Contras. These rebels that are fighting the Sandinistas, who at that time were almost basically in power, which led to a bigger result in communism being spread. The U.S. is a democratic country, believe in democracy, so the spread of communism is a big no-no. That was their goal. So, as it was known, the CIA was involved, the U.S. was involved by arming and providing these planes and helping the Contras fight against the Sandinistas. In 1985, a DE agent named Celerino Castillo reported to his superiors that cocaine was being stored at the CIA's Contra Supply Warehouse at Ilopango Air Force Base in El Salvador. So what happened was this DEA agent, DEA agent finds cocaine being stashed in this warehouse that was ready to be shipped to the U.S. Now this warehouse wasn't just any warehouse. It was a U.S. warehouse. But this warehouse was for the Contras. It was for them to supply, to stash their supplies, arms, pilots, airplanes, and obviously the cocaine. Now what happened when this was reported? Nothing. Castillo reported this to his superiors. Nothing happened. What, the only thing that happened was he was gradually pushed out of the agency. So a DEA agent in El Salvador is going through a U.S. warehouse that has cocaine and that it is scheduled to be flown out to a U.S. military base and U.S. airports. Castillo reports this to his supervisors. Nothing happens but him losing his job. Now moving forward, in 1986, Blondin was arrested and admitted for what was reported crimes that would have been sent others away for life. He served two years and two months before the Justice Department freed him and hired him as a DEA informant. Now, I'm going to recap. Ricky Ross was a drug dealer in South Central LA. He had a connection to receive cocaine at half the price that he would on the streets through this connect, Blandon. Blandon has ties to the Nicaragua cartel boss where this boss and this 
money is supplying the Contras warfare against the Sandinistas. That's what's going on. That's what's important. This drug money that is being collected and contributed from Blondin is getting turned around and given to Norn Meneses. And therefore is supporting the warfare by the Contras because they're in needing of money. They're being funded. This drug trade is funding the war against the Sandinistas. Now this is what all the chaos is about. Now, a story of a fallen wouldn't be a story without betrayal. This is going on in the 80s up until the 90s. Ricky Ross is doing his thing. He's making money. He turns cocaine into crack, which crack is a more powerful form of cocaine, and it's cheaper. It's also very deadly. And throughout the years, he's making money. He's making $3 million a day from this connection. So in 1994, Ricky Ross was set up by his connection. That risen him to the kingpin status, someone that he looked up to and considered a mentor. Oscar Daniel Blondin. In 1996, Ricky Ross was convicted to life in prison for conspiring to buy more than 100 kilograms of cocaine from a police informant. Also in 1996, Gary Webb's Dark Alliance was released in San Jose Mercury News, which led an uproar of black community leaders coming to Ricky Ross's defense and other news outlets refuting Gary Webb's claims. Those other news media were the LA Times, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. Interesting enough, I found an article written in 1996 by Jesse Katz, The Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall of Ricky Ross. Jesse was one of the first to interview Ricky Ross after his most recent release from Smith County Jail in Texas. He was released on parole in 1993. So this was before Ricky Ross was set up. Jesse met Ricky Ross and surprised him with a book in his hand as he stepped out of Smith County Jail. Jesse went to go pick him up. Ricky Ross came out of jail with a book in his hand. And that book that he had in his hand was none other than Awaken the Giant Within, promised to help you take immediate control of your mental, emotional, physical, and financial destiny. Written by Tony Robbins. Now, Jesse, Ricky Ross shocked Jesse. Jesse was believing that Ricky Ross was on a road to redemption, that he was looking to live a path outside of dealing drugs. It's not a secret that Jesse and Ricky Ross were developing a well diverse relationship during a series of interviews until 
Ricky Ross was once again arrested for conspiring to buy more than 100 kilograms of cocaine from a police informant. Jesse Katz was one of the journalists who actually worked for LA Times that refuted Gary Webb's claims. Now, what I find interesting and I find important to bring up this article that Jesse Katz writes is Jesse was developing a story on Ricky Ross after he was released from Smith County Jail in 1993. From 1993 through 1994, it was six months before Ricky Ross was set up and was arrested again. So during that time, before he got arrested, Jesse was developing a relationship with Mr. Ricky Ross, who believed that he was looking to do better for himself and take back control of his life and go down a different path until he got caught up again. Now in this article, he explains how he was disappointed because he believed Ricky Ross to be a man changed and willing and wanting to go onto a different path. And what happened was he was let down. And the crazy thing about this article was after 1996, when Ricky Ross was convicted to life in prison for conspiring to buy 100 kilos from a police informant, Gary Webb released Dark Alliance, which linked all of this together. He was the first and only person to claim that the CIA had known that the Contras were being funded by this drug money that was being contrib con contributed from Blondin and Ricky Ross. So much so that a DEA agent had reported his findings, reported that there was cocaine in this warehouse, in a supply warehouse that was for the Contras. And this article basically depicts that there was a pipeline from Central America to South Central LA. The CIA was involved and they knew what was going on. That is what the claims in the Dark Alliance states. This is what Gary Webb was basically crucified for. Now, the Washington Post, the LA Times, and the New York Times all refuted these claims. And the reason why I bring up Jesse Katz is in, in this is because in that article that he wrote in 1996, he talks about how he had actually had to go fly back to LA to basically clean up the mess because it, it honestly ended up being a a journalist warfare gary webb was being refuted and his articles were being uh basically cherry-picked and flawed and saying that you can't claim this this wasn't happening um there's an other another article that i found that basically refutes everything that gary webb states and what was going on, claiming that Ricky Ross and Blondin were dealing drugs, but all that money had already stopped going to the Contras. So there's rumors, hearsay, that 
Ricky Ross actually wasn't that money that he was buying the cocaine with wasn't actually going to the Contras that it was already done between Contras and Blandin. But Gary Webb was saying that this was still going on. Now, it gets messy. It gets real, real messy. And it's, it's a real messy outcome. So in 1996, Blandin was stood trial to testify against Ricky Ross. But the Justice Department decided to block the CIA's relationship with Blandin. So that could not be used in court. I don't know about you, but to me, that seems a little sus. Not only were these drugs, this drug money was funding this covert warfare to stop communism, Blandin had access to military weapons. Now, to go back to the topic, did the government put drugs on the street? They also put guns on the street based on these articles that I've read. Now, the reason why I say it gets messy is because Jesse explains in that article, The Rise and Fall, and Rise and Fall of Ricky Ross, how he was being attacked for articles that he had wrote about Ricky Ross and that they weren't consistent. One article was saying how he was a drug dealer and he was this worst person. I mean, I guess I shouldn't, you know, ad lib it too much, but he basically was just a regular drug dealer and was bringing crack to uh, the South Central LA area and he was just making a lot of money off it. It went from that to him writing an article saying how he kind of wasn't this bad guy and that he was essentially what Ricky Ross describes himself was just a square wanting to be a tennis player and was not wanting to be this kingpin and drug dealer where he ended up having these interviews and what happened before he got locked up in 1994 and set up by his partner, his connection, Blandin, the original article was supposed to be about him redeeming himself. And what ended up happening was after he got caught up, Jesse decided to release an article saying that he was just basically another drug dealer and that he was playing the system. So that had turmoil between Jesse and Ricky Ross. And it's a very interesting article because it talks about his upbringing. It talks about what happened uh, before he got arrested and after he got sentenced. And what I found really interesting, it was he describes that there was two people that he met when he came to Ricky Ross. Jesse was talking about Ricky Ross having two people. When he met Ricky Ross out of Smith County Jail in Texas in 1993, and those next six months he was interviewing him, he stated that Ricky Ross seemed someone that was taking accountability for his actions and was seeking to control his life and, and do better. After Gary Webb had released his article, Dark Alliance, and black community leaders went to Ricky Ross's aid and explained to them, explained to him 
what was going on in the Congress or congressional court hearings uh, were requested. Jesse had met up with kept he basically kept in contact the whole time with Ricky Ross. And he said after that article was released and him talking to leaders and, and whatnot, he said Ricky Ross started basically claiming entrapment that he was basically dealing drugs for the U.S. government. And he was explaining how Ricky Ross and him got in an argument. And Ricky Ross was saying that, you know, he was betrayed by Jesse because Jesse wrote an article that was not initially supposed to be about him just being a drug dealer and playing the system. The article was supposed to be about him redeeming himself. And so Jesse or Ricky Ross felt played. He felt like he was being stabbed in the back, just like his connection. Blandon stabbed him in the back. So what happened was, what tells me from that article was that Ricky Ross had no idea the CIA was involved. For someone that does take accountability, that was wanting to think about accountability, when he discovered that his connection was basically working for the CIA and the CIA had him under his under their control to some extent. That's what caught my attention in this article that Ricky Ross had no idea that he was basically funding this COVID war in South Central America. And so when he's screaming this entrapment and he's telling this journalist like, yo, man, you're playing me like this is what happened. He's like, I'm not lying about this. It stirred Jesse the wrong way. And he felt he said he felt like he met two different people. How does someone go from taking accountability to basically taking this pass and saying, hey, you know, this wasn't me. I, you know, I was set up. So I, w I wanted to make that point. Now, the reason why it gets real messy is because Gary Webb, he ends up losing his job after this. He's the journalist that writes this article. The Mercury News outlet, they the the editor that following year ends up writing an article about that article pointing out four different flaws in that article and just heat heat and heat kept coming from different media outlets from his own uh his own outlet but he ended up losing his job now from there it gets real messy there's there's a movie based on Gary Webb. It's called Don't Kill the Messenger. And this movie depicts kind of what goes on during this time. But the reason why I say it's messy is because Gary Webb ends up committing suicide. How does he commit suicide? He commits suicide with two gunshot wounds to the head. Yeah. Two gunshot wounds to the head. Now, think about that. There is a man that writes this article that is claiming that the CIA had some type of involvement in the crack epidemic in the 80s and 90s and the arms involvement in the 80s and 90s in South Central LA. These claims are tough. This is the U.S. of A. We are talking about. This is the United States government. Now, 
What is interesting or what catches my attention is this gentleman obviously is devoted to his career, writes this article claiming these big statements, ends up getting fired. I've read an article from the LA Times depicting how he basically spiraled out of control. Now, what's messy is LA Times was one of those media outlets that was refuting his claims. It was refuting what he had to say. And that article that I read about him and his death and his suicide, they also had nothing nice to say. There was no compassion behind the article that the LA Times had came out with that was that came out in the 2000s. This was years after the article, The Dark Alliance, had came out. This was years after Ricky Ross. Ricky Ross was released in 2009. And Gary Webb committed suicide, I believe, roughly around the year 2005. So, during this time, the, the Los Angeles Times writes this article how explaining how he wrote suicide notes to his family uh wrote notes um how to uh disperse his um social security stuff you know his 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 ashes and all that um it states that he gathered all his belongings placed it in a corner of his room and left it for his son left a note on the door saying call 911 and ask for assistance. Don't come in. In the bedroom where he took his life, had his ID card placed on his dresser, took a 38 revolver, put it to his head, fired the firearm, and the bullet entered from one cheek and went out the other cheek. And then it states in the same article that he put the gun back to his head and pulled it, striking an artery, which led him to bleeding out. And he was found the next day. Now, this is where, this is why I explain this is very messy. Did the CIA know that this was going on did the cia could the cia prevent the crack epidemic in south central los angeles did they know that they were providing arms for la gun gangs let me share my two thoughts my two cents on all of this You have a war that's going on that's not being fought by the U.S., but it's in the U.S. favor to be involved in this war. Now, the Cold War, like, Cold War is something that was serious. It was a long, long time, 1941 to 1991. The agenda of the U.S. was to make sure communism wasn't spread so that retrospectively, the U.S. wasn't taken over or surrounded by many other countries of communism. You have a city 
that is already dealing crack and cocaine and there is a drug dealer that is linked in a city in the U.S. where this, these particular drugs are funding that same war. A DEA agent has reported that there was cocaine in a U.S. warehouse that was in favor of the Contras, that was supposed to be for the Contras, that was for the Contras. And now I'm asking myself, did the CIA have any awareness or acknowledgement that this was going on? In my opinion, I do believe that there was awareness that someone knew that these drugs that were being trafficked in South Central Los Angeles were that money was the same money that was being funded to the Contras. In my opinion, there's there's no way that this could have not had been known. What's even more fishy is how the Justice Department frees Blandon, makes him a uh, informant when he testifies against T uh, Ricky Ross. He ends up the U.S. Department blocks finding out information about his relationship with the CIA for national security. These are all the articles that I've read, people. This is all this is all out there. I think it's a tragedy. I think this story, I think this what happened in South Central LA, what happened in South in Central America, what happened to Ricky Ross, what happened to Gary Webb. I I, I do believe it's it's tragic. You know, let me backtrack a little bit. What happened with Ricky Ross? He chose to sell drugs. That was his choice. I mean, respectfully, the environment he grew up in, the environment that's surrounding him, that he was surrounded in, didn't really offer him an outlet to become a tennis player. Let's be honest. When you're surrounded in an environment where you're, you're able to make money and you need money to survive at that time, being a tennis player, that isn't set as a priority. You need to live. You need to, you got to make money. You got to eat. You know, I'm sure there's someone out there that's like, hey, you know, if you really want to be a tennis player, he could have done it. You know, and you're absolutely he's probably right. With his ambition, making $3 million a day on selling cocaine, he most definitely could have been a tennis player. But when you're young and dumb and you start selling drugs at 19 and ends up, ends up being a hit and you're a millionaire by the age of 20, 21, I don't think t being a tennis player is going to be in your in your in your sights so i think it's a tragedy because a community a u.s community was essentially in my opinion taken advantage of you know these other news media outlets were arguing that crack was already uh it was already being sold you know it wasn't ricky ross wasn't solely the the one drug dealer that was providing these providing crack in the u.s and I get that. And honestly, I would agree. You know, there was, it, it's reported that, you know, crack was in many different areas. But did the U.S. government have a chance to say something and do something about it? I think that's where, I think that's where we fall short, people. That's where I'm hung up on.
you're telling me that this could have been prevented. That's what I'm hearing. And in that same article that was uh, given to me by Mr. Hightone206, there is an this article is very uh, detailed in the, in the CIA's involvement in drug trafficking, not just in this situation, but in other situations. 1947 to 1951 in France, the early 1950s in Southeast Asia, 1950s to early 1970s in Indochina, 1973 to 1980 in Australia, 1970s and 1980s in Panama, and the 80s in Central America, which this is uh, Ricky Ross and the Contras and all that. The early 80, the 80s to the early 90s in Afghanistan. The information is there. I will tag the links in the description so y'all can check them out if you're interested. But what I found really interesting in this article was a quote by Dennis Dale, former chief of an elite DEA enforcement unit. And this is his quote. In my 30-year history in the Drug Enforcement Administration and related agencies, the major targets of my investigations almost invariably turned out to be working for the CIA. Now, that can be interpreted in many different ways. It can be interpreted that the people were working for the CIA and the CIA was involved. Or it can be interpreted that the people that were targets were working for the CIA, but the CIA wasn't involved. So almost as if they were rogue agents. Now, Ricky Ross was freed um, in 2009 due to an heiress conviction. He was convicted in 1996 for the drugs that he was conspiring to, um, to sell or buy from a police informant, which was his connect. What charged him for the life in prison was a three-strike rule. And so while Ricky Ross was in prison, he was studying law. What ended up happening was that he found a loophole in his convic conviction. There was an error strike that he was given, and it ended up counting it down to two strikes. So he ended up was given 20 years. Ricky Ross is out, people. He's free. He is not selling drugs. He's actually a motivational speaker or a public speaker, I should say. Um, he has, he's not selling crack no more. He's selling weed. He has his brand in the marijuana industry. Uh, he has his book. He also has a documentary. And this is why I want to devote the time and mind talks to this specific topic because uh, Freeway Crack in the System is a documentary about freeway ricky ross so if you're interested in the story if you're interested in learning about it i highly recommend highly recommend watching the documentary as i this is the documentary i learned about all of this first and reading these articles really painted a picture on how the involvement of the cia was involved uh, and who was who uh reading these articles uh, jesse katz um even the article refuting what was being said um and what was you know allegedly claimed so, again, my two cents, if I had to sum this up, it's a very tragic story. You know, a community in the U.S. probably could have been avoided. The, pandem or the, the epidemic of crack in, in that area probably could have been lessened, just like communism. But instead, the agenda that was chosen was not to protect the people in the U.S., 
it was to stop the spread of communism. That's why I believe it's a tragedy. And there's two sides to it. And that's even the worst part is that we don't really know. We can't really sit here and say the CIA didn't or wasn't aware of what was going on. And in, in these articles, in both articles, the articles that are basically claiming that the CIA was aware and, you know, though that drug money was actually funding the Contras, it states that the CIA, CIA, CIA at least had acknowledgement of what was going on. Even the articles refuting it, they can't claim that the CIA didn't, wasn't aware, but they can't officially state that the CIA was involved. So my hope is that we've learned and will continue to learn as a country, as an agency, as, as people, that if something like this doesn't happen again in a, a U.S. community, a black community, a minority community is not exploited and taken advantage of, and another man is not exploited and taken advantage of. So that is Mind Talks episode. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for listening. Uh, it was very interesting. And again, if there's any higher powers up there that is not God or the creator, please do not crucify me. I am just a podcaster getting information and content out to the people. And Mind Talks is where our minds connect. So with that, smash that subscribe button. Like this video. Like this podcast. Drop a comment. Let me know what you think. What do you think? The CIA, was they involved? Were they not involved? Did they at least know what was going on? Or was this uh, a strike of irony and dumb luck and a bunch of coincidence? Let me know. I want to hear what your two cents are. Shout out to West Coast Mendez. Shout out to my boy, High Tone 206 Thank you for dropping your two cents. Thank you for participating. Everyone that participated in the polls and voting and sharing, I appreciate you. Next month follow me on joel's mind official on instagram and we can come up with part two of this or we can come up with a different topic mind talks is where we connect and we speak about things so follow your boy and let's talk